Greetings friends and Firebirds fans and welcome to the Fire and Ice podcast presented by Desert Willow Golf Resort. Fire and Ice, the official podcast of your Coachella Valley Firebirds of the American Hockey League. Coming to you from Palm Desert, California, Amir Ian McKinnon, right uppercut away from the Birds home ice of Akrashur Arena. I'm your host, Judd Spicer, along with this bi-monthly endeavor. I again have the privilege and the pleasure of serving as your Firebirds insider for this sophomore season of Birds Hockey. Those Firebirds insider articles can be found online on a monthly basis at cvfirebirds.com. Speaking of cvfirebirds.com, that's your home, of course, for all things Coachella Valley Firebirds, including but certainly not limited to team, merchandise, ticketing information, and much, much more. might also want to download that CV Firebirds app on your mobile phone. Great way to get tickets and parking for everything happening at Akershire Arena. Per the presenting sponsor of this endeavor, you know I love a good segue, friends. Desert Willow Golf Resort. Make for an awesome putt-to-puck day just a mere three-plus miles away from Akershire Arena. The dual Awesome 36 holes of the Mountain View and Firecliff courses, respectively. And when you're clicking around, by the way, at DesertWillow.com, make sure to check out the excellent and on-site Palm Desert Golf Academy. So much instruction, so much prime tutelage, great facility, again, on-site at Desert Willow. Great way to brush up on your game here in the desert's peak season. A lot of stuff on the schedule right now, including the Mastering Your Short Game Clinics, Signature Golf Schools, those can be two or three days, or just a one-day performance golf school. Again, that's the on-site Palm Desert Golf Academy at Desert Willow Golf Resort, desertwillow.com. Not alone on this episode of the Fire and Ice podcast, enthused to welcome here shortly, Bird's rookie, really like this kid's game, Jacob Melanson going to be joining me here shortly. Yeah, the young man, he's just 20 years old. He's been injured of late. I trust that we'll see him back in a Bird's jersey soon. But again, really come to enjoy watching Jacob play in his inaugural Bird's season. Big dude. A lot of grit. Also pairs that size with some serious scoring skill. Look forward to that chat with Jacob here shortly. In the interim, step aside for a moment. For our Firebirds freeze frame segment, as discussed, dudes, in the last couple of episodes at the close of 2023 and then the onset of 2024, entering the meat grinder portion of the season in which the Birds had 19 games in a 36-day window. That's after about 25 games, their first 25 games in two and a half months. And they've gotten through this, not completely unscathed, nor has any team for that matter. But the birds are finding their flight. Now with a record of 24-12-4-1, that is tops, friends, right where they belong. Right in the bird's nest. Tops of the Pacific Division. Their 53 points is good for fourth in the American Hockey League as the birds get back from a road trip with three games this week. They're doing so riding... A stellar five-game point streak. A couple metrics for you before we get to uh, some of the stats and the schedule ahead. That away record, speaking of that recent successful road trip, 16-4-2. That is the number two win percentage in the entire AHL. As far as home, well, 
We're still at 500 on the Acrisure ice. Kind of surprising. We'll look to better that with the trio of games again coming up this week. 8-8-2-1 is the home record thus far into the second season for the Firebirds. As we uh, wrap up this torrid part of the schedule, entering the All-Star break, going to get to that as well here in just a moment. As far as this week, Wednesday, January 31, that is at home versus our old friends, the Calgary Wranglers. Also Fuego, bobblehead night. So if you got that recent Dan Bilesma bobblehead, now you can find a friend for Dan on your mantle with the Fuego bobblehead as well. Got back-to-back against Calgary. Wrap it right around the next night, also at 7 p.m., Thursday, February 1st versus Calgary. Now that game, mind you, was originally scheduled for Friday, February 2, but the concert come in. Uh, What do we got? Uh, Pitbull, Ricky Martin, Shebang. Well, she banged the uh, birds right out of that slot from Friday night into Thursday, February 1st. They got back-to-back. Then get that Friday off, turn it right around, and what's going to be a pivotal game? It's going to be a huge game, friends. Saturday, February 3rd, 6 p.m., puck drop, pardon me. It's Mardi Gras night, by the way, against current second-place team, the Tucson Roadrunners. Have themselves a surprising but undoubtedly fine season. So three big games coming up in four days. Then we hit that aforementioned all-star break. So after this torrid stretch of 19 games in 36 days, the Birds have but one game in an 11-day stretch, and that's not happening until Saturday, February 10th, at home versus Henderson. Per the scorers, Captain Max McCormick, he is your current team leader with 37 points, matching a team-high 18 goals with 19 assists. Uh, that's good for 7th in the American Hockey League. Cole Lind right behind him, 36 points, 9 goals, and a team-high 27 assists. That point total, by the way, tied for 13th in the American Hockey League. Right behind Cole, we go 37, 36, 35 points to Cameron Hughes, 12 goals and 23 assists. And then Shane Wright continues his exceptional season, 30 points on the year. He's got 17 goals matched with 13 assists. As far as our netminders, eerily, if not curiously, similar statistics for Chris Drieger, whom we just welcomed back by virtue of Philip Grubauer uh, getting healthy again up in Seattle. So we've got Driegs back. And Al uh, Stejka, well, I've only butchered his name about 67 times on this program. This is interesting, friends. Both have appeared in 17 games this season. The record for Drieger, 10-5-2. The record for Stejka, 10-5-1. Goals against for Chris Drieger, 2.35, while Alashtezka, 2.81. The save percentages, again, eerily similar here, friends. 0.910 save percentage for Chris Drieger, 0.903 for Alish Stezka. All right, that's good for our Firebirds freeze frame segment for this episode. Let's get to the visit with Birds rookie forward Jacob Melanson. All right, Firebirds friends, as preface, my guests on this episode, January 31 episode of the Fire and Ice podcast, presented by Desert Willow Golf Resort. He's a 20-year-old Nova Scotia native. He was part of the Seattle Kraken's inaugural 2021 draft class. Draft class, by the way, oh, they really knocked this out of the park. Of course, included Maddie, uh, Maddie Beneers, Riker Evans, 
Ryan Winterton and uh, Billy Odevainen, also part of that class. Last year in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I'm not making this up, by the way, this young man played 59 games and scored 99 points. Oh, and by the way, I think he had like 15 more points in 14 playoff games. Did get a taste of Bird's action last year in one game. It was an interesting one. But in this rookie season, 2024, we've enjoyed his uh, services for 35 games, 10 points to show for it, and some penalty minutes. We're going to talk about that as well. We welcome uh, rookie Jacob Melanson to the Fire and Ice podcast. Hello, Jacob. Good day. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Let's talk uh, first. Did I get your last name pronunciation right? I know a lot of people have butchered it over the years, myself. Yeah. No, exactly. Like growing up playing in Quebec and playing all over the place, a lot of people had some different ways of saying it. So there's not many people that get it right. Well, I read one article about you that that suggested pronouncing it like the city in Italy. Pronounce it like Milan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. But I think at first, at the beginning of this year, I probably had like melon, like a yeah. cantaloupe mel- like melon. But that's incorrect, right? Yeah. All right, man. Just wanted to, we're the pronunciation leader go. here. Okay. Um, <laughs> mentioned the 35 games. Uh, that, of course, uh, does not include the Birds' last five games. We have missed your services. I- I'm not going to ask you about a specific injury that's been going on of late. I'm not going to even totally ask you to specify when we'll see you back on the ice, but we hope it will be soon, Jacob. Yeah, no, it should be uh, coming up here soon. All right. Well, yeah. I've enjoyed watching you play time. thus far, so hopefully not uh, not too much longer, man. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the 35 games that uh, you have played in the Firebirds season to date. Firebirds, as I mentioned at the outset of this episode, now uh, back in first place in the Pacific Division where, where we belong. Uh, let's start with you, man. How would you uh, assess your own rookie season in the AHL thus far? Yeah, no, it's been great, obviously. Uh coming into pro hockey and at 20 years old in my first year it's going as expected it's a tough league to play in so every game is a learning opportunity and having the coaches we have to be able to help guide me through this first year has been exceptional and just excited to get back on the ice and start playing again to keep learning and progressing for the years to come yeah you say it's a tough league hear that from a lot of players a lot of guys say it's tougher than most people think, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a minor league hockey, but most people say, the players say kind of pound for pound. Yeah, it's a tougher league than most yeah. people expect. Is it tougher than what you expected? Uh, I wouldn't say tougher than what I expected. Obviously, coming into this year, I knew the speed and just the coming from junior playing against kind of 16 to 20-year-olds and then jumping in here, you're playing against some guys 35 years old. So you really... Uh, learn to see the man strength in most players and just being able to play at that high speed and also the smartness of a lot of players in this league is top notch. You mentioned the, uh, the Quebec uh, major junior hockey league and, you know, your, your crazy point totals from, uh, from last year. I mean, that's, that's pretty insane, man. Is that, uh, and we see that sometimes that guys just have, like, you know, almost two points a game, which you almost had last year. Um, is some of that by virtue of playing against 
guys that are 16, 17 years old and their bodies are still maturing a lot and just being that much more advanced than them physically? Yeah, I mean, obviously when I first came into the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I was just a young guy. And looking at the 19 and 20-year-olds the year I was playing as a 16-year-old were like it was crazy how dominant you can be at that age and just with the four years prior to that just learning and exactly what I'm doing here is just the learning curve of going from midget to junior and now junior to the AHL so let's talk about the uh the firebirds and we'll come back to to you Jacob um interesting start to the season I think more so of late we've seen the firebirds that we've expected to see again back on top of the pack points in five straight games you guys have played a ton of games in the past six weeks really smushed together how would you describe thus far the arc of the firebird season in your rookie year what you've seen from the beginning until now we're we're nearing game uh, 42 of 72 already yeah obviously we have a great team coming into this year looking at what the team did this year or last year we had a lot of expectations to overcome this year and coming in we had a lot of new guys a lot of new faces some young guys playing in the first year pro which last year there wasn't i don't know if there's there might have been one or two that just came in so there's a handful of us this year and i think just over that first stretch the first half we really came together as a group and were welcomed with open arms and are improving every day and trying to make this team better, I guess. Yeah, from what you've seen on the ice, or I guess the last handful of games from a different vantage uh, as mm-hmm. you haven't uh, suited up for uh, for about a week and a half. How have you seen the team improve? What specific areas have you seen the team really start to gel and play better? Yeah, it's just our systems are really coming along in our chemistry. So bringing in new guys and new players is tough on others just trying to build that chemistry so it takes a little bit you're not going to get that chemistry right away but as of late we're really seeing that chemistry come together and new players are playing with others and really enjoying their time I guess you would want to say it that way and I think just our systems are just execution is getting a lot better and it's winning us games yeah anything in particular about that execution I know that there's a few things I've seen from watching the game and going to all the games from our, our media vantage, things that are looking a little crisper. But what do you see specifically in the, those systems that are really starting to click? I would say our D zone and especially like shout out to our goalies that are playing, playing amazing as of late and they have all year. And we're just kind of helping them out a little bit more in our D zone structure and being able to get pucks out and not giving as many shots as we have in the past. So, I mean, giving them less shots are obviously going to do better with the amount of time they're on. And I think just being able to get the puck out and play offensive, playing the offensive zone really helps. Yeah. We talked about that tasty of the American Hockey League that you got last year, and it could not have been a more unique uh, no. game for you to appear. <laughs> That's back to May 15th. And for listeners and friends that, Recall that was game three, pivotal game three of the Pacific Division Championship in the Calder Cup uh, playoffs uh, that went uh, three overtimes. The eventual victory over Calgary. I like to call it the the dog of uh, the day that my dog started to to hate me for a little while because I was gone so long. Uh, that game went nearly five hours. I know that I was gone for about eight hours, and 
I came home, my dog was like, what the hell, man? Like, are you, were you ever, were you ever coming back? But one of the most thrilling, uh, unique games in the Firebirds young history. How did that come to be that that is the one game that you appeared in last year, the playoffs? Yeah, no, it was, it was a crazy game to play in, but I was just here, uh, here to be, a be a player just in case of injuries. And obviously one of the guys got hurt. So I got thrown into the lineup. So it was definitely an interesting game, but the year prior in the QMJHL, I played in a three overtime game as well. So I knew what was going on, but it was a pretty fun ride being able to win that game as well. Really made it, made it special. Yeah. And of course, uh, Akersher Arena, although let's uh, admittedly, it did thin out a little bit. I mean, that game was over. I went back and looked, let's see, 11.54 p.m. And again, it was a a nearly five hour hockey game. But I could, you know, certainly through regulation in a game of that gravity and and the first two overtime periods, the place was was at was at pitch volume. It was at peak volume throughout. I mean, that that one taste, you must have been like. Man, next year I'm going to go be playing someplace that is particularly yeah. hot for hockey right now. No, exactly. Just seeing coming here and being able to see the fan support and just going anywhere the fans recognize you and always want to talk to you and know know what's going on with the team. So it's awesome to have this this community really behind us and supporting us all the way. Were you nervous hopping into a game of that of that meaning? Yeah, obviously I was a little nervous hopping into a game that I haven't played with the team all year and hopping into a playoff game was it was special to me just to be just to know that I was uh, trusted as a player to be able to play at this this level and being able to play in a playoff game. Friends, you're tuning in to the Fire and Ice podcast presented by Desert Willow Golf Resort. My guest is Firebirds rookie forward. Jacob Melance and Jacob in your rookie season in the American Hockey League. Talk about off the ice. What have you learned about the lifestyle? Could be something even just like how to travel, like how to fold your shirts or I don't know, something like that. But what what have you learned about about the professional hockey lifestyle this year? No, you learn a lot, especially just learning from the older guys that have been in the league for years. You just learn how to treat your body, how to take care of it, how to eat right and you you do learn some th- stuff about traveling and how to pack light and know what to have. So it's definitely great. Was there anything in particular that you were doing wrong before? I mean, heck, man, you're just a 20-year-old guy. So if you're doing something wrong last year, I mean, you were 19. But uh, I don't know, something in particular like, oh, I could have been way more efficient with that, with that packing style or whatever it might be. I don't know if there's anything in particular. I did get a new bag that I've seen everyone have. So that helped me out with uh, traveling and not having to bring five bags. Shane Wright uh, is a, a fellow uh, a, a teammate, of course, and a fellow uh, former guest, uh, or I should just say guest on the Fire and Ice podcast. And he did mention uh, you guys are the same age, or is he still 19? I mean, he he's, seems like uh, he's 37, but. <laughs> yeah, he's a year younger, so I think he's still 19. He's still he 19. He just turned 20. Oh, okay. I think he just turned 20. Okay. Yeah. Well, shouldn't you know that? Aren't you guys like friends and roomies? Yeah, we are. We are roaming together. I think his birthday was a month ago now, so. <laughs> Sounds like you might have. You might still <laughs> yeah. owe him a gift or something. Yeah. No, we got him a little cupcake. He was happy. You got him a little cupcake. Yeah. Well, based on what he told me in his appearance on this on this program, I don't even know if he ate it. 
because he said one thing he had learned about the AHL and professional hockey was his diet, that he needed to start eating yeah. a little better. So I don't know if he ate the oh, cupcake or he, not. I won't say anything. I'll leave that up to him to share. <laughs> but you also referenced uh, diet. What have you learned about how you need to treat your body and, uh, and what, what you need to eat to help you perform better? Yeah, I mean, just learning on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if there's a game the next day. It's just every day matters and what you put into your body is going to affect you for maybe it's in a, a game in a week, but whatever you eat that week before is still going to affect you on the ice. And so it's really learning what to put in your body at the right time. And I mean, obviously you're not going to be perfect, but just learning every day and you'll, you'll have improvements for sure. What have you started to eat that maybe you didn't eat last year in the last couple of years, something that you think has been better for you? I don't know. I mean, I started eating steaks a lot more, which I usually would have once in a while, but now it's a weekly occurrence. Okay. You guys cooking for your, for yourselves there? and your We are. We are. We either cook together or we go our separate ways sometimes. <laughs> Um, you mentioned some of the veterans and there are many from which to choose on the Firebirds roster guys that have seen um, either a lot of AHL games or several that have played uh, in the NHL whether that be uh, Devin Shore whom the birds just welcomed back Connor Carrick we can talk about guys that we became familiar with last year Max McCormick uh, Cole Lynn Andrew Podorowski Chris Drieger just came back to the birds seen a lot of uh, uh, time in the NHL Anybody in particular that has taken you under uh, under their wing uh, and kind of showed you the ropes of the professional hockey life, Jacob? I would say uh, John Hayden has a has been a great great player and obviously a great person to me this year. Really, kind of taking me under his wing and showing me some things and really being there for me as a young guy. It can be tough sometimes. You feel alone and the veterans aren't the best to you, I guess, if you want to say it that way, but I couldn't say one bad thing about any veterans on this team. And they really all have taken all us young guys and really are showing us the way and how to be a pro on and off the ice. So I couldn't, couldn't thank them enough for being so supportive of us, supportive of us. John Hayden would seem like a great role model, obviously a very intelligent yeah. guy, went to Yale, obviously a very experienced guy, a lot of, a lot of service time in both the AHL, played in the NHL as well. Um, anything in particular that uh, he's taught you on or off the ice that has really stuck with you in uh, this rookie season, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough as a rookie coming into this league and you're not you're not producing at the same same caliber as I was last year. It's different different minutes on the ice, different everything. So, I mean, he's been really good at keeping me positive and always being there if I'm having a tough time and just showing me some stuff on the ice to work on as well. It's interesting that you mentioned John Hayden. I'm trying to think of the best way exactly to, to frame this question. Uh, you, you saw the team last year, and obviously mm -hmm. you've uh, been an integral part of what the team has done thus far this year. And it's a different look. It's a different aesthetic. Uh, yeah in part because of, of the roster uh, and in part because of the shoots and ladders that we've seen, I think with guys going up and down, but the way that the Firebirds play this year, the way that the Firebirds are are winning this year, it's a different style. It's a different look. And it is one that is decidedly John Hayden. Uh, it's a little yeah. more uh, blue collar. 
style, if I can use that. Um, it's a little more of uh, the grit on the on the forecheck. It's a little more of the physicality. It's a little more of the muscle. Seems to me, man, like that very much fits the Jacob Melanson mold as well. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Especially with John Hayden. I really respect him as a player. And it's like we have a lot of similarities in our game. We love to play physical and get pucks deep and really use our body to our advantage. So being able to watch him play, I learned a lot from him. And it's great having him on the team. Uh, mentioned before, I'm just having some fun with this man, but among the stats, yeah. leading the team in the in the penalty minutes uh, category <laughs> sometimes, do you feel like you're, start, you're learning that you're using the physicality uh, too much? Is it excessive physicality or are you just learning to pick your spots? Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Like last year was a big learning curve for me. And as an older guy in the QMJHL, I was bigger than most kids and was getting a lot of a lot of penalties for stuff that I might not should have, but it was just because I was overpowering some guys. So I did a lot last year with the Seattle organization, learning how to use my body at the right time and also know when not to use it. But obviously that's part of my game is to be physical and sometimes stuff's going to happen and you will be getting penalties here and there. But it's part of my game and also the fighting is something that I want to show the organization that I'm not, not going to back down from, from anyone. And we've noticed that. I mean, I think those steaks that you're eating, they're, they're doing their thing. They're taking hold. I mean, depending on what measurements uh, for Jacob Melanson you want to trust, I've seen you listed anywhere from 5'11 to 6'1, 210. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you know, for, especially for a 20 year old guy, uh, you're, you're a bigger dude. And you're not afraid to to get in there and to mix it up. I mean, this is a an audio medium that we're having this conversation on. But you can see when I'm looking at you now, you got a cut on the nose. I mean, rare is the game uh, where Jacob Melanson doesn't come off the ice with some kind of nick or cut on the face, uh, maybe a little blood. Uh, but you enjoy that, man. Like, that is very much your style, yeah? Yeah, no. Growing up, I've once checking kind of came into hockey is really when I took off as a player and it really separates, I, I can separate myself from others using my physicality and being the gritty player I am. And it's just something that I love. I love playing physical and I love being able to have my teammates backs and kind of open up space. If you want to say it that way and give my players space because they, know that I'm on the ice as well and won't let anything happen. I think that, and these are my words, feel free to change them or clarify them. Yeah. I mean, when I when I watch you play, Jacob, and I, I really enjoyed your, your style. I was looking forward to seeing you on the Birds roster this year after reading a lot about you heading into the season. You have a unique way and a unique talent for getting under the skin of the opposing team. Not everybody uh, does that the same way. I feel like last year, Cole Lind did a great job of that for the Firebirds. When I watch you play this year, I kind of feel like you're that guy for Coachella Valley. Do you, do you agree with that? And if so, do you take pride in that? Yeah, I mean, there's tons of guys on our team that are very good at getting under the skin of other players, but I definitely take pride in it. If I can get one guy off their game, that's a win for me. So. How do you do it? Can you share a a tool of the trade? Like how, how uh, what a technique might maybe that's maybe that's trade 
tradecraft secret. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't think I don't know. I just think it's my physicality and my presence on the ice really disturbs other players. I don't know if, if that's the way, but just being physical and playing my game, I feel like guys get frustrated playing against me. Yeah. Is that something I don't know? I mean, you come from a, a small place. Uh, mm-hmm. You come from a small town, Amherst yeah. in, in Nova Scotia. It's about 10, 12,000 people, I think. Maybe even yeah. maybe even less. I mean, read about Jacob by you had to really travel quite a bit often to go to games and to go to practices. Does that kind of inform your style? Like, might say you have a chip on your shoulder like yeah this is what i, I had to earn it growing up so that's how i'm going to earn it as a pro yeah no i've dealt with a lot of adversity especially in my younger junior career with two broker broken collarbones back-to-back years and it kind of set me back as a player and didn't really made me think about what i wanted in in life and with hockey and being able to sit back and look at it this is what i want to do in my life and it really showed me that hockey is what I meant to play and meant to do. So going through the adversity kind of helped me kind of become a man and really build on it. And obviously like I'm going to play the game, how I want to be, how I want to play it. And the physicality is what I love doing. And my teammates love seeing that as well. So definitely what I've overcome in the past has helped me get to where I am today and just I think that made me a tougher as a player and brought my game to where it is now yeah the physicality we've seen it a lot more in this version of the Firebirds than we did last year although we did see it in some instances last year whether it be Ian McKinnon in some instances John Hayden and I guess I'm I'm referencing fights now I mean I tried to make a joke with Dan Bilesma at a recent post-game press conference that another writer and myself we bet a dollar on whether Ian McKinnon was going to get in a fight. I mean, it's like if he dresses, the smart money says he's probably going to get in a fight. We've also seen that from you in one of your first games uh, at uh, Akershire Arena for this season. We've seen you mix it up, and it's really amazing, man, what it does, how it ripples, not just in the arena and the fan base. It obviously gets people on their feet, whether they're, they, they love the, the rough stuff or not, but it is effective. But it also has a ripple within the team. Do you sense that as well? Do you notice that as well? Yeah, I mean, fighting is a big part of part of the game, and having a fight early in a game can change the momentum drastically. So, I think fighting is a really good tool to have, and I know a lot of the guys on our team won't back down from many players. So it's awesome to have the toughness we do in this group, and being able to have all those guys be able to fight whenever and not back down is a good thing to have for momentum in a game or late, late in a game. A couple more for you today. Again, visiting with birds, rookie forward, Jacob Melanson. Jacob mentioned that you come from a small town. Still like to think of the Coachella Valley, albeit a, a very rapidly growing place, mm-hmm. but isn't in, in still in many ways, a, uh, a small town um, as a 20 year old guy living here. Uh, have you acclimated? Does it does it feel like a like a small place to you? Yeah, no, definitely. It's not like that big a big city, so it's awesome because I'm not used to traffic. So <laughs> it's nice to not have all that traffic here. And I know in big big cities there is. So I mean, it's it's a lovely spot. I'm honored to be able to play here and play for the fans. So 
I love being here. There's tons of stuff we can do, and it's been great. Anything in particular? I, I do have a specific follow-up, but anything in particular that uh, become a custom or enjoy doing here in our desert? I mean, I love golfing, so living in Canada, there wasn't there wasn't much in the winter, so being able to golf when, when we can is pretty nice. Yeah, my uh, friend and colleague from the Desert Sun, Andrew L. John, can't forget the L in the Andrew John, uh, he had a good article come out. This is the article came out somewhat recently, but uh, the match against the good, good guys yeah. took place, I think, back in November when you played yeah. them. Uh, but your swing and your game was referenced, I think, more than anybody else's. I think all parties seem very impressed with the Jacob Melanson swing. Do you agree with that? That's good. I definitely take a rip at it every time. So it's good to be noticed. Uh, what about the short game? The short game is there if I play at a consistent rate every week. So it's usually people think that just because I can hit a long ball, my short game's not going to be there, but I can fool them pretty quick. <laughs> any uh, scores or any anything uh, in particular that you'd like to share? Whether, I don't know, I don't know specifically how good you are, but any golf highlights uh, from this season you'd like to share? Well, I... I haven't been playing in too many tournaments back home, but I played in one at the end of the year before leaving for Seattle and I ended up winning. So that was probably one of the highlights of my, my 2023 golf year. What, uh, this is a tournament back in Canada. Yeah. It was called the Paris Bro open. Okay. What'd you shoot? Uh, it's a, uh, so it's a different kind of course. It's like, par 65 so there's no yeah. par fives but it's a very it's a tough course and i shot 67 67 so oh yeah no all right it was it was it was my first time playing there so it was pretty cool to play a new course and get the win in my first tournament there but it's definitely a it's a fun fun track but very difficult okay well when we finally get a chance to, to go tee it up sometimes, and I've said this to your to your teammates, I'll, I'll probably need you to give me some strokes. I'm just going to make sure not to get too much in your face if if by chance I, I beat you. I mean, I don't. I've seen you fight. I don't like my chances in that arena, but uh, maybe on the golf course, man, I can give you a run. Sounds good. Jacob Melanson, so appreciative of your time, man. Heal up. We're going to need you back as the birds hit the stretch run with uh, just about 30 games to go and another hopeful deep run in the Calder Cup playoffs. Really enjoy watching you play, man. Thanks for your time on the Fire and Ice podcast, Jake. Yeah, thank you for having me. And also, shout out to the fans. Thank you for all the support this year and keep on coming out. All right, Firebirds friends, it's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fire and Ice podcast presented by Desert Willow Golf Resort. Continued appreciation for your time, your interest, your ears, your ongoing support of this endeavor. Additional appreciation goes to this episode's guest, Birds Rookie Forward, Jacob Melanson. Readily enjoyed that visit with Jacob. Ongoing props certainly go to the sponsor, of this program desert willow golf resort get your tee times online for the mountain view and fire cliff courses respectively both courses looking totally prime 
here in the heart of the desert's peak season. And when you're poking around, making those tea times online at DesertWillow.com, don't forget to check out the awesome and on-site Palm Desert Academy for all your golf swing lesson tutelage needs. Desert Willow, guys, they'll talk hockey with you too. Season ticket holders, pardon me, last season, season ticket holders this season as well. Those guys love the birds. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. It's a big week here at Acrisure Arena. Again, we've got the Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday home games all against division rivals in the tightly packed pack. Thursday, uh, pardon me, Wednesday the 31st. Thursday, February 1st, both at home, 7 p.m. against Calgary. And then we'll see you again at Acrisure Arena this Saturday night, 6 p.m. puck drop against second place Tucson. All those should be really, really good as we head in to the AHL's All-Star break. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate your time. And remember, as always, one valley, one team, rising together. <laughs>